Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander joined, not as always, by Nate Weitzer. We got Mo Nawara in here for you guys, taking in the substitution play here as Nate is out for a week as he's traipsing some Oregon volcanoes or something, I think. So we will be talking to Mo a bit more right now. Mo, how you doing today? I'm good. I mean, woke up early, tired, but, you know, I had to... Even though the game was over, I had to sit there and just and just watch the sun's carnage and just enjoy it. Just drink it in. It was beautiful. It was bad. They're going to have some more. To, uh, they're going to need some cavalry. They're going to need some reinforcements there. We know they've got some stuff, some stuff to do. So we're not seeing Terrence Ross and Josh Okogie getting serious minutes in the playoffs for them when they need a victory. Um, but yeah, that one, congrats to the Nuggets on that one. And obviously Mo and, and a bunch of us on the Discord were talking about taking the Nugs. As soon as we got that series price at like minus 110 at one point, minus 120 was still very viable. So uh, hopefully you tailed along on some of those. Definitely want to make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. I'm bringing you this video here with Mo today. We're coming back next week as well uh, with these best bets and player props. Uh, and we also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all the great written content we're putting up on the site right now and use that odds finder tool. Make sure you're getting the best odds available to you on all these bets in the NBA this postseason. I'm going to jump right into my first best bet from the first game that we're talking about here, which is the Dubs and Lakers, Mo. Uh, Game six, we know uh, what that means, obviously, at co- going back to L.A. for this Golden State Warriors team. And my first thing I just want to talk about is, like, I'm taking the Lakers to win this game. Um, I don't think we're in full agreement on that, but I'll, I'll give a quick bit of reasoning. And it's, like, pretty heavily predicated on what I saw in game five. Um, and what I saw in game five was the Lakers choke that game away. Um, somehow the, the the anomalies that occurred essentially are, are what I'm looking at sort of rectifying here, right? So Golden State won the rebound battle. Let's just start with that. That how, same amount of offensive rebounds. Let's put it that way. Uh, AD had zero offensive rebounds. So like all of that, kudos, great job. They came out and wanted it and that was great. But like that's not been what we've seen or anything close to it. Once you go back to L.A. uh, and you start seeing some of those loose ball fouls called a little bit more frequently on the dubs, I think that that lends to the the rebounding edge sort of dissipating there from what they had in game five for for the Warriors, which is wild. Um, The same amount of free throws in the game. That's wild. I I don't foresee that continuing to happen. Um, You know, what did make sense was that the dubs outscored the Lakers from three point by like nine points, even though they shot pretty poorly themselves, only making 13 of them. Um, But all this, all the stats about being big down low uh, and and how those guys played in that game for this last one, are you going to get 20 more points from Draymond? No, but you'll probably get more than 10 from clay. Um, Wiggins is a big X factor in this one and whether or not he's playing because he was so, so big for them in, in game five. I tried to get ahead of him starting to have a pretty solid streak the game before, and he didn't come out in game four either, uh, but then came out in game five and really did what the, they need him to do on offense, which is attack and tire out LeBron James as much as possible and then give him all he can on the other end. So, all those things to me just sort of seem to lean towards the, the Warriors are going to be able to are not going to be able to, to bring the same level of, of ferocity down low that they had against this Lakers team who, if AD seems to be fine now, um, all the MRIs were clean and all that at this point. So like he should be good to go as well. Or no concussions and whatever else he was he was going through, not MRIs, but the concussion protocol and all that. Um, right. So at this point, like if, if that's the case, I'm going to bank on him getting another four or five offensive rebounds and 10 to 12 second chance points and getting to the line way more than 15 times for as a team. So tell me why uh, that's crazy though, for game six. Maybe it's not, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I keep firing on the warriors. I I thought 
from the start of this series, it was a good matchup for the Warriors because the Lakers don't have fast ball handlers, and that's basically been how the Warriors have struggled this year is containing fastball. They don't they don't have good perimeter defenders anymore. Like that's just what it is now. They are stronger inside defensively and yeah, I thought the Lakers played into that a little bit a little bit. That being said, you know, you're definitely right about uh I can't argue with some of this what you're saying. They should do better on the boards. They should um do better in in the turnover department, probably. Uh, I think it was even last game. It and was. That can't really happen. Um, and, and yeah, I don't expect they're going to get another friendly whistle. Uh, little surprise that the uh, trailing team at home uh, got the friendly whistle last game. But, uh, you know, who's counting? We are. I don't think it's going to happen again. But I do see some strategic adjustments that they're making that seem to be working. Um, I don't know what the Lakers' answer to bringing Anthony Davis into the top of the key, into the pick and roll, to defend Curry with the ball in his hands is going to be because what they're doing isn't working. It's been a basically Curry layup drill. Um, he's just getting into the paint at will because, like, they have defenders who can contain him. Jared Vanderbilt specifically is very very good at this, but he's just such a zero on offense that they like can't keep him on the court. So he just, he played like 15 minutes, you know, and, and if he's not on the court, then there's a lot of space for Curry to roam. And he's just getting a lot of good two point looks. He's getting good lanes for kickout passes because the Warriors only played a center 20 minutes last game, you know? And I think if that continues, then there's going to be open threes for guys like the Moses Moody's and Gary Payton's of the world are going to have open threes and cutting lanes. So the, basically the Warriors offensive success is going to come down to do these bit players make threes. Do they make good cuts and finish at the rim? And does Curry finish in the lane? Cause we know that can be hit or miss with him at times. Um, but he's yeah. been on point uh, the last couple games. I thought the Lakers were pretty lucky to win in game five, uh, game four. I thought they got outplayed uh, shot quality agreed with it. They had the Warriors, as playing the superior game in, in that one. But, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I do think Warriors plus three is a bit too high. And, yeah, I I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I want to see the Warriors lose. I want to see the Lakers play the Nuggets. I, I, I think the Lakers have a better chance against the Nuggets. I don't think either one of these teams will beat the Nuggets. But, I you know, big LeBron fan, not a big Warriors fan, and also... I'd like to see somebody attack Nikola Jokic in the pick and roll and, and make this make make the Nuggets attack him at the rim and make the Nuggets work. You know, I mean, I love the Nuggets. I'm, I'm not saying I want to see them lose because Jokic is the man, but it's too easy for them right now. Like people are just making it too easy on them. They're playing yeah. jump shooting teams, and jump shooting teams is playing right into his strength. Yeah, no, that's fair. I would say the Warriors would would just they would be challenging him from the top, all right, and, and putting him in the in the pick and roll the way they're trying to do that with AD. Jared Vanderbilt was a great point that you made as well because ten minutes he played eleven minutes in this last game and he's unplayable on offense. But I mean, he could still be going attacking the offensive boards to a degree that you could keep him on there, and that we haven't seen that from him either. Um, I'm really annoyed that we can't get Gary Payton props and like until like a minute before the game tips um, because I think they know people would just thrash those if if they got him. Um, um, and get him, you know, if he gets 10 points and things of that nature because of his ability to have three open threes in the corner a game uh, combined with, right, being the the cut man um, and, and sort of the outlet man on that 
pick and roll um, where he's now got the option. That's what they want is another guy besides Draymond who can play pick and roll with Curry and then have, you know, be, be someone who's decisive and quality with the ball in his hands as he's going to the rim at that point. Um, but yeah, continuing on with this game real quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm going either money line or minus two and a half. Take it. I got to mention once again, something we talked about uh, last time, or at least I, I wrote an article that you edited uh, was under 55 and a half points in the last game for the fourth quarter. It's 56 and a half now at minus 120. I got 55 and a half at minus 115 last game, and it went 52, um, which was a little bit higher than the third quarter, by the way, which had like 45 points in it. Um, so I, 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 what the second half of these games, we see what's happening here, uh, and I don't know why they continue to leave the, the 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 total for the fourth quarter with a five in front of it. It seems a little bit high. So I'm going 50, under 56 and a half on that once again. I, I went through it last time. Uh, my, my guys, shout out my stats and info team. Uh, which is also me uh, going out ham on these stats at one in the morning, but like all the fourth quarter paces are at 90. Uh, the only thing that keeps all these, uh, the, the totals from these fourth quarters from being lower than the 46 and a half points it's averaging right now is the fact that in one of these fourth quarters, it was already over and the bench played the entire 12 minutes at 102 pace. So any numbers you see around the fourth quarter for this series, they're even lower than what it says. Uh, if you, if you take out one game that didn't have any starters playing. So uh, that's, that's an easy bet for me here. I, I, the, the only other thing I would uh, talk about in this one um, is I do think that, you know, LeBron does go back under uh, 32 and a half points and assists. Uh, and he hasn't done it. He, he did it once in this series. He's done it once in this playoffs. He's done it twice in the last 18 playoff games he's played in. The last time he did it, there was no AD, right? Like I just, I'm going to continue to hit it. Even if he does get it, I'm not going to feel stupid. And I'm going to hit the under again in game seven and stick to my guns on that one. Yeah, I I do agree with you on the fourth quarter thing. I don't understand why the fourth quarter would be projected to have more points than some of these other quarters, really, when we are seeing the game slow down. We are seeing um, defenses lock in. I think that's normal in the playoffs, and um, I I would expect... Honestly, this whole game, I'm a little bit bearish on offense uh, overall just because not only is it a you know, tight playoff elimination game. But this Andrew Wiggins injury, I think, can have some big effects here. Uh, sounds like, for people who don't know, torn or broken. I don't know I don't know what you do to cartilage. If you tear it or break it, I don't know. Something with his rib cartilage is injured, okay? But to me, that sounds like it would be painful to take a three-point shot. I don't know. But if that affects his three-point shot, if it affects his minutes, and we see some more Moses Moody here, I think the Lakers are going to make Moses Moody prove it. I know he was a little bit worse than Wiggins, not a lot worse, but dude, Andrew Wiggins shot 39% from deep each of the last two years. Like he's been pretty reliable and, and I think they're going to make something Moody prove it from deep. Uh, you know, even though he shot a reasonable 36% this year, the playoffs are a different beast. And I, I think the Lakers are going to leave him open. And I think that they're going to, put some more pressure on Curry basically. And that's why I'm kind of interested in under 31 and a half on Curry. This seems like an insane number to me. He hasn't scored this many points this entire series and he's taking a lot more two pointers because the Lakers are kind of top locking a lot of these pick and rolls and trying to force him to score in the lane. And sometimes he does it, but it just, it's just resulting in more two point attempts. And we know that, like I said, these Attempts can be a little bit more adventurous for him, especially with Anthony Davis hanging around and LeBron, honestly, like LeBron has had a couple of big blocks on him and it's just a situation where 
I'm a little bit bearish overall. If Andrew Wiggins is limited at all, I think it could affect the offense in this game. And yeah, anything under, I, I think is going to be okay here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's two ways to look at it. You could be going galaxy brain on this one uh, in a way that maybe you should just take under Andrew Wiggins at that point, because betting under against Steph Curry in a game where he's like, look, it's also about Clay Thompson in that sense, right? If Clay's going to hit 10 points, make shoot, you know, and shoot three for 11, three from 12 from three, then Steph's going to be hoisting 15 three pointers, like whether or not he's open, he's going to be putting him up because once you get to that point in the game that Clay doesn't have it, uh, and Curry realizes that if Wiggs also doesn't have it, I just think he's going to be forcing it. So I don't, I don't really think there's a defense for a guy who's chucking shots coming around a double screen from 35 feet away. There's just a like, well, that's not a good shot. So he shouldn't make it. And the only person in the history of the league who does is this guy. So like, that's what we're banking on. It's still somewhat of a 50, 50 shot that he's going to get over a ridiculous total that I agree with. Shouldn't be as high as it is. I think it's also helped out by the fact that we've got this 50 point game in game seven against the Kings fresh in our memories. Uh, so whenever it's about staving off elimination, they're going to, I think the books are getting ahead of inflating his, you know, his number. So I agree with you on that. I don't have the balls to do it. And I try to be channel my inner Mo as much as possible and find those ones where I can fade superstars and people tell me not to, cause I'm stupid. And then I feel great when they don't hit it. Um, I love that, you know, but I, I'm just not with it on this one. Uh, either way, let's move on to the other game real quick, Mo, and talk about the, my Nickabuckas for a second, as they're taking on the heat back in Miami. Like, let me just start by asking you before I even go on any tangents about this, because I try to, to, to defer when it comes to talking about the Knicks so that my fandom doesn't get in the way. Like, did Jimmy Butler just not try? Is he hurt? Did he just want to come back to Miami and close out there? Like, I would have been not surprised at all if he had 35 plus and a win in this game and pulled out the same shenanigans he did against the Bucks last game five. So what was that about? Do you, do you have anything on that? How disrespectful would it have been if he sat out that game? I thought I thought it might happen for a second, but just spitting in the face. Um. Yeah, this one, I haven't been as interested in the series, although I did watch um quite a bit of the last game man one thing that definitely popped out at me from the box score in that game Jalen Brunson playing 48 minutes this is insane right like shouldn't that affect him in this game I don't know man shouldn't it affect his defense like I'm looking at Kyle Lowry maybe over 11 and a half points I mean Gabe Vincent has been pretty bad and I think Quentin Grimes who plays a lot of the perimeter defenses he I think also played 48 minutes somebody else played 48 minutes on the perimeter for them and I don't know man these guys have got to be cooked and Kyle Lowry I've been saying he's washed for multiple years now but I Gabe Vincent's been pretty bad I think he is pretty bad he was not a good player in this regular season and he kind of caught fire a little bit against the Bucks in the first round and they're still starting him but him and Kyle Lowry are basically playing the same minutes. And I I think with a spot where they really do want to close it out at home here, they're going to probably play the veteran proven playoff guy a little bit more. The number is so low. You can get over 11 and a half points at plus. And man, one other hilarious thing is Kevin Love has been getting roasted in this last couple games. His prop, I was, I was like, Oh, maybe I can get, no, his prop is down to eight and a half. So Love not going to play much of a role, it looks like. Maybe not. And, and the Kyle Lowry one is interesting, too. I, I keep I keep trying to, to pinpoint the – and I've actually been pretty successful at pinpointing the, the role player on the Heat that's going to have the game. I like your Kyle Lowry logic in this one. 
I'm going to continue to hit Max Struess as well, just to stay on that on topic there, because I mean, he only had 25 and a half minutes last game, but he still had, uh, you know, he, he still had 10, three point attempts. So he's got 10, three point attempts in all of the last three games. His minutes have gone up. Uh, his usage rate in this series, dude, is 24%. I think you know that from editing my last piece where he got easily over that total uh, of 11 and a half. It's up to 12 and a half now, but like, I think he's actually going to get more than the 25 minutes. You got to go back to exactly, he, he didn't play as much in this one. They let Duncan Robinson get his feel back in for the game because he was awful in the previous two. Duncan hit him with five threes on 10 attempts, but like this game was kind of over when Jimmy Butler decided he wasn't going to take it over. Uh, I think he was trying, he was still being disrespectful, dude. He- There's still a level of, of inherent disrespect when he's coming down and just not even looking at the basket. He's literally just trying to dribble handoff for guys in the corner because he's like, yo, just handle my light work. I don't need to deal with this. So like, I, I don't expect him to come back with that right now. He- he'll definitely do better on this one. But my favorite bet to your point about the minutes is rebounds and assists for Jalen Brunson. If you're going to be on the court for 48 minutes you, and you're, and you're going to have the ball in your hand dribbling it up the court, you know, 75% of the time, not to mention then having the, the usage rate of above 30%, like you're going to get rebounds and assists as well. Um, I, the assists will continue to be there for him. I think he, he, you're, you're seeing it rise. I mean, his points are at 27 and a half. I've been hitting it at 24 and a half pretty much every game this series, just being like, he's going to get 25, like seven these percent of the time. So uh, now it's at 28. It's a little bit less, but I'm just going to be a little bit more cute about it and go, he's going to get the rebounds and assists. He's gotten over 12 in every, uh, in every single game of this series, except for the, the game two, where it was kind of a blowout on the Knicks side. Jimmy Butler didn't even play in that one. He had the 30 points, but every other game, it's been the rebounds and assists as well. Um, and, and I do, I do, like that in this one with the 48 minutes. You were right about Quentin Grimes playing 48. I can't get his rebounds and assists, but rest assured, I'm going to sprinkle a tiny bit on a, re- a rebound assist combo for those two guards uh, if they're both going to play for the entirety of the game. Yeah, this is definitely <clears throat> Thibs doing Thibs things, um, but I would expect the Heat to win this game. But it really wouldn't stun me if the, if the Knicks won. I mean, and yeah, I, I like that Max Struess look from 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 your last one. Um, it makes sense because Max Struess is the type of guy who, while his shot selection can be pretty poor at times, they honestly need him launching right now just to like have a threat out there and space the floor. And he's mm-hmm. the type of guy who really gains value in the playoffs because it's such a one-on-one game. And he's yep. a big, sturdy guy who can hold up in one-on-one defense. Yep. So... I I was in agreement with that play, and if you can find a similar number around 11, I think it's probably still decent. Like, Max Struess should play a decent amount of minutes because he's a decent two-way player, and they need those right now. Yep. Yeah, he's he's giving them a lot more too on the rebounds than than Duncan Robinson, uh, Gabe Vincent. Obviously, Caleb Martin's out there looking like uh, Charles Barkley. He's incredible around the rim, but uh, th- you know he's going to be getting those fourth quarter minutes. Always worth a Caleb Martin look. It's just it's too it fluctuates too much. The reason I do like going back to Struz is there's been a clear directive from Eric Spolstra that it does not matter if you're open pull that motherfucker and put it in the rim around the rim. We'll get offensive rebounds. If we have to, you're going to make 40% of them, 35% of them. And we can live with that. It's got to be the threat of keep these guys from doubling Jimmy and bam, because they're scared that if they, you know, sag off of guys like you and, and, and Duncan Robinson talking about Max Struess, then, then you're good to go there. Last thing I would point out for this game, Mo, like, can the Knicks score a hundred points on the road? Like they can't do it in this series. Are they going to be able to do it in this next game? I- I've been complaining about Julius Randall 
for a while now. I, I don't want to sound so ungrateful because like I, I, you know, but two years ago, dude, as a Knicks fan, taking what Julius Randle was giving us was a, a different perspective is everything. <laughs> we hadn't been to the playoffs. Now we have Jalen Brunson and we have a team that can play ball around a guard, that, a, a very strong gravitational pull of a guard that is good. So a borderline great. So stop taking those pull, like those one-on-one, stop jab stepping to death. Uh, stop, stop making this, this pace slow down to like 84 because you want to wait for the defense to get set up behind you closer to the basket while you're going one-on-one, like get the ball, make a decision and go. And I don't think he's that type of player. So I just think that continues to to hurt this, this, this team's offense and its ability to get it's at 101 and a half points right now. I, I would take the under as crazy as that sounds for an NBA team. Yeah, I've always thought Julius Randle was a little bit of a bum slayer, to be honest. Just like a guy who thrives beating up on bad teams and bad players and just struggles when other teams are locking in on him. And, and you know, that's how playoff basketball is. And you're not going to get a lot of easy matchups. And, yeah, I don't know what happened to his passing, which was seemed to have taken a leap multiple years ago. But, yeah, he has not been the same type of playmaker in recent years. And, yeah, the Heat are – I think they're doing – you know, they're doing solid work against him. And, and it doesn't surprise me that he's struggling in the playoffs against a team like this. Yeah, and, and it's really about the, the Knicks offense on the road. It's become very clear that we can depend on role players at home in the playoffs right now this year. That's held very, very true and not nearly as much on the road. Um, and so for, for this one tonight, like if Jalen's, if Brunson scores 34 points, 32 points, like I still don't know that this team can get to 102, uh, you know, with, with Julius Randall shooting the way that he is from deep, like you said, not passing the ball well, not having Emmanuel quickly, who wasn't helping them anyways. Quentin Grimes is airballing shots right now. Mitchell Robinson's just getting fouled so that they can put his 40% free throw shooting on the line. Like I don't have the faith in it. I'm surprised the heat just let that, that last game slip by and I, I don't see them uh, letting it happen again. So that's all the time we have. Appreciate you joining today, Mo. We are going to be coming back to you guys next week as we continue to roll along in these playoffs. So until we see you next, happy betting.